Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You could hire one person to handle your digital strategy. Hey, how you doing? Or for the same amount of money, you can hire an entire team of experts. Sean, Ashley, Bernie, Bree, Pat, Sally. We're 2060 Digital, a national digital advertising agency based right here in the Twin Cities. Our digital marketers, client strategists, videographers, and more have worked on hundreds of campaigns in the healthcare, home services, automotive, education sectors, and more. 2060 Digital, a team of experts working for you. More at 2060digitalmsp.com. This is the Tom Bernard Podcast. Listen live weekday mornings, 8 to 9.30, or anytime you like as a podcast on the Tom Bernard app at TomBernardShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back for yet another day. Can you believe it? Apparently, There we go. There. Now we go. Now, now we can fully believe it. Yes. What the hell? So you didn't have me up. I just said to him, are you going to bring me up? Are you going to start bringing me up after 8 o'clock now? No. And what happens? We jump on the air, and he wasn't ready because he was so late in bringing us up. Typical. Typical. Day. I hope you learn something. I, I learn every, learning every single day. <laughs> learning every single day, molding minds, absolutely. Just taking oh, it. Oh, you're molding minds. Are you molding minds? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is that good news for the rest of us that you're molding minds? No, I, my, my <laughs> hands are about as clumsy as bricks, so. Now, uh, listen, I want you to know that going back to, I believe it was April 16th, 1986, my first day on the air at KQRS, everything I said for 37 and a half years was misinterpreted, and I want you to know that, just like Ilan Omar says that she was misinterpreted, so was I, so I want you to go back, I want an apology, and I want about $50 million to make up for what you people did to me, because you misinterpreted what I said. Do you hear me? <laughs> Just, what? I just love that that's the best excuse she could come up with. I know. Like, we just got to get something out <laughs> quick. Uh, no speak of English. Like, that's what yeah. she tried to tell everybody. Like, no, I'm not. Yeah, what, what are you, what? Well, what about her honky husband? Is she married to a honky, isn't she? Uh, I believe so, yes. I'm not sure. Where the hell was correctly. he with the interpretation? Let's go. Uh, and I'll be like, Elon, we, like, we have, like, the phones where you can instantly translate now. Like, nothing right. gets lost in translation <laughs> anymore. Like, this, that's a terrible excuse. It's all true. I'm just glad we don't go through this with everybody else. Can you imagine hearing a speech from some guy from, like, Sweden or Norway? <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody speak, like, Swedish or any of those... Uh, those Viking languages. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, heard them. They all kind of remind me of the uh, Muppet Chef. That's <laughs> yeah, what I was right. Thinking, yeah, right. Good call. That's a good call. Right there. You there. Go. I had a friend named Craig Weese. He was a brilliant writer. He wrote many, many great commercials. You'd know him if you you saw him. Just a brilliant guy. But he spoke Danish. Mm -hmm. And whenever he was on the phone with one of his Danish relatives or buddies or whatever, I mean, he spoke perfect English, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. The guy was a brilliant writer. He was nuts, don't get me wrong, but he was a brilliant writer. Have you ever heard anybody speak Danish? Not, I've 
Dutch, if I think that might yeah. be close, but that's I would say probably as close as it gets is yeah. I've heard people speak Dutch. I've I've only heard Dutch, so I'm not sure. Okay, one difference. Okay. And I am not exaggerating. This is how people I don't know the words, so I'm gonna make the words up, but this is the delivery of those words. Okay, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, talk about your walk this morning. Okay. <laughs> they laugh when they talk. What the hell is it? What the hell is that? It's it's like the opposite of like the German accent sounding angry all the time. Right. They just sound exactly. happy. Now, see, I heard that in my house because my grandparents were German on my mother's mm-hmm. side. And honest to God, it's like, it's time for dinner. It's like, settle down. I'm coming. <laughs> Deep breath. You don't have to stab me. Right. <laughs> God, take it easy. Yeah, some of those languages, when they're speaking, it sounds like they're either laughing, they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. sounds like something's cooking, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they all have different kind of tones to it. And then depending on how not mainstream the languages like you'll get some of like the clicking languages where they like oh, yeah. idea clicks and it's stuff yeah and it's like i could i'm nowhere near smart enough to learn that now as a human adult well, yes you are it's an african language and you're african why can't you learn it that's something that doesn't get passed genetically because it would take me about a <laughs> hundred years to like did you was that like did you click with was that some attitude in that click that i sensed or was that just a normal <laughs> click like i couldn't do it no yeah, that it, a lot of those are in Africa. Are they not in North Africa where they click when they uh, talk? Yeah, I believe so. It's like depends on so. which tribe. They yeah, have different exactly. Variations and stuff. I still love the Hutus and the Tutsis kill one another because of the shape of their nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to human beings along the way? What the hell went wrong? It's like, did you guys see the guy's nose? Like, I think we got to go jump him over there. Like, guy, well, too much going over to Dairy Queen. Hey, yeah. nice nose there, Hutu. <laughs> what? Uh, although Tootsies is such a great name for Tootsies is a great a name. Tribe. Even Hutu, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like, oh. Would if you were a news guy in Africa, wouldn't you speak English just for a little bit? Because you you could easily say, as far as the Hutus are concerned, the Tootsies have a total grip on things. What do you think? I think so, yeah. They got their tootsies wrapped around everything, yeah. <laughs> Look, their tootsies are walking the road they want. The tootsies are walking the road they want, and their tootsies are just fine. That's all I'm saying. Yep. But, you know, growing up, uh, not a lot in my neighborhood, but once you got out of the neighborhood, there were still people that spoke uh, the Norwegian, Swedish, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, out in the suburbs, not in my neighborhood, they didn't pretty much. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people still, you know, grandmas and grandpas, which would have been from the late 1800s when I was a little kid, I suppose. Yeah. They came over and they, they still spoke the language and they, they just literally did not understand though. Like I would go to a friend's house uh, outside, say like to go to Robbinsdale, something mm-hmm. like that. And I would go and they were very upset and they would go to their kid that was my age. And he'd come over and go, would you mind tucking your shirt in? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that's fine. Yeah, they, they did not like it when my shirt was untucked. I, you had to look, you know, you had to look good when you left the house. I suppose that makes sense, though, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because if you think about it, you know, if your grandparents or great-grandparents, they grew up in a time where, you, yeah, you know, all the little boys had to have their shirts tucked in to go to school, and the girls mm-hmm. had their dresses, and so, yeah, they're like, you got to look good. Can't leave the house looking yep. a mess. <laughs> you got to look good. Hey, by the way, we got some great stuff coming up today, obviously, just... 
The regular staff will be with us on the show, but Josie Reisman is coming on at 845. I am really fired up to talk to this woman. Vince McMahon and the unmaking of America. What the hell did he do, man? Yeah, well, he's in the news right now for yeah. like the sexual assault stuff yep. and yep. whatever else. And so they, because Josie wrote a book or a biography on him, they're doing a quick press run to yeah. talk about Vince McMahon. So I'm very excited to yes. hear all the details that maybe even she uncovered back then. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is it true that one of his favorite things to do, and I have to ask her, or maybe you guys can be the judges and tell me, no, don't ask her that. <laughs> Make her too uncomfortable. He at times would poop on people's heads. I think I almost... <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll take a stab at this one if you want. I would say if that naturally comes up in the conversation, yeah, feel free to ask. But I don't know if that's a <laughs> the grant out of the gate. Hey, so did you ever find oh, out about... And I feel like... Oh, go ahead. No, this is going to be perfect. Right in the middle of the interview, I'm going to go, Jesus, Tevin or AJ, when you guys fart, speaking of butts, is it true? <laughs> well, that's such, like, if there was something weird that, like, AJ was into, and somebody came over and was like, hey, I'm writing this biography on AJ, I'll be like, okay, you can't really say anything, but he is kind of a weird dude. I can't confirm, but I think he might be doing something a little weird. And then, like, that's something that there has to be, she has to have had heard something while she's interviewing, like, the 150 people to do this biography. Yeah, right. I'm sure it came up once. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to find out today. What, Josie Reisman, isn't that her name? Yes. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josie Reisman. Yeah. We'll talk to her at 845 this morning. Looking forward to that. we got to take a break right now because I'm also looking forward to the brilliant sports report coming up from Judd Zolgad from Score North. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. You know the song Kokomo. It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? You know what we're talking about. Well, I hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now, that's a reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. This is Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself, and if you want a second house or a new retirement home or want to become a Floridian... May I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield, Minnesota. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys, and I'm not playing there. Matter of fact, I'm going down to see those guys in three weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy for your second home in Florida. I said second home in Florida. You heard me. Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from coast-to-coast mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. And don't forget they brought up, there are limited homes that come available in in the Keys because people love living there so much. And there is a limit on the number of houses that can be built or have already been built, I guess. So not a lot of people running all over it. It's a wide open space and it's wonderful. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota. Chris and his mortgage colleague lives and works in the Keys. So they both know the Florida Keys new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to, oh, here's all you have to do. Just go to onekeywest.com. That is onekeywest.com. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. 
When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. You horn tootin'. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. You'll be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, is a security and investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. I'm Tom Bernard, and I'm a paid endorser. This is the Tom Bernard Podcast. Listen live weekday mornings, 8 to 930, or anytime you like as a podcast on the Tom Bernard app at TomBernardShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Doot, 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 doot. Hey, I need a favor from you, Judd. Yeah, what can I do? You, uh... You got to go down and make some speeches in Chicago about, you know, okay, what would what would be the best team in Chicago? Let's see, the, the Bears are very mediocre. You got, is there anybody down? The Cubs are mediocre. <laughs> White Sox suck. Um, Blackhawks suck. Blackhawks suck. suck. Bulls suck. So, they're, yeah, they're they're worse than we are, actually. Our, our sport, sports suck pretty much. Professional sports. Well, and college sports here suck, too. <laughs> Other than, like, Division Two, Division Three, that's that works out pretty well. But I want you to do me a favor. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to Chicago and do it a bunch of speeches about how the teams have got to start winning because now their mayor stood up and said he totally supports Hamas. <laughs> what? He literally did. He said the mayor of Chicago has announced that uh, Chicago totally supports Hamas. What is wrong with people? That's a new one. Let me put it this way. I have many, many Jewish friends, so I, I suppose I lean, I lean Jewish, right? That makes the thought. Oh, yeah, somebody's calling me while I'm on the air. I, get, I, I have the ringer turned off. Why does it ring? I don't know. Unbelievable. That's all I, I have to say. That. It's weird. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I just I don't know what is the upside of the mayor of Chicago pulling for either side, to tell you the truth. Don't you serve all the people, including the Jews in the city of Chicago? Which there are a few, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I don't know how many Hamas members they got. Look, I don't understand this. I don't know anything about it. I've never been there. I don't know anybody. I don't know any Palestinians. I don't know any Hamas or any that kind of stuff. So I, I can't say that I do. I know lots of Jews. I grew up in a Jewish, black, and Catholic neighborhood, which I talk about quite a bit. But... 
I just don't. Why would you stand up as the mayor of Chicago and take sides in something that's none of your goddamn business? Was, yeah. What type of speech was it, this at, even? Well, it looks like there was a, uh, you know, shock shooting in Chicago, and mm-hmm. he was giving a speech, and he said that essentially tried to relate the violence in Chicago to, like, overseas, and he was, said that there should be a ceasefire, a permanent ceasefire between Hamas and um, Israel. So he didn't necessarily say, yay, Hamas. He just said, we should have a ceasefire oh. and no more war. That's not how some people are reporting it, I'll tell no. you that. They said he flat out supported Hamas. So I don't know what to tell you, because you never know anymore. That's why I don't go, this is the absolute truth. Because, Tevin, maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe he never even did say that, but some people in other publications said he absolutely supported Hamas. I mean, you got you got Ilan Omar. That's not what I meant at all. Well, some people say you did, and some people say you didn't. It's, why don't we be careful with what we say? That would be good. That's probably you know true I mean? across the board. That's probably good advice across the board, right? Oh, no question about it. There's no look. I understand as a nice Roman Catholic boy that that my people are far superior to everybody else in the world. I mean, I understand. <laughs> Can you imagine me being religious? Picture that. I spent 13 years in Catholic school. I spent nine. 13 years. Yes, sir. Where did you go to De La Salle or something? No, I went to Benelde. Oh, you uh, went to Benelde. Benelde for high school and St. Therese and Deephaven for nine for nine years because I was, I was K through eight. You know that my brother Terry was one of the first students at Benilde, and the reason he was one of the first students at Benilde because he helped build the school. Really, Isn't the that present a great story, the current St. Louis Park. So, because it was what, but well, the boys' school was Benilde, where yeah. it is, I think, currently St. Margaret, yeah. And the girls' school is St. Margaret, and I think that was downtown, if I'm not mistaken. There's a St. Margaret over on uh, Golden Valley Road and Theaterworth Parkway. Is it okay. that one? So your brother helped build the school? That's how he paid his tuition. He paid his tuition by helping to build the school. There's got to be something illegal about that. How old was your brother when this This 15-year-old boy. <laughs> out here laying bricks down so he can go to school. That's exact. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty smart when you think of it. Here's a kid from a very, very poor family. He couldn't afford to go to Benilde. But uh, I don't know if they recruited him or he went and sought uh, sought their advice on it or whatever. But, yeah, he ended up, I'm sure what he did is push. I didn't, I'm pretty sure he wasn't a bricklayer. He was a guy that <laughs> delivered the bricks in the, in the what are those things like called? Like the wheelbarrow the, or something? Wheelbarrow. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Wheelbarrow. But yeah, that's pretty. That's a, now see, that's a very American story right there. A kid too yes. poor to oh. go there, but they gave him a chance by, hey, you know what? Why don't you bring us the bricks and we'll pay your tuition? Yeah. Now, what what influenced him that much to want to go to Benilde? Do you know? You ever met my mother? No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Here's how it goes. You got Jesus. Uh huh. You got Mary, which is above Jesus because my mother was a woman and so was Mary. So yeah. let's not forget that. <laughs> okay. Then above that, you had God. And then above that, you had my mother's opinion. <laughs> That's how it all worked out. Okay, that makes sense now. My mother was an ardent Roman Catholic. And she didn't judge other people. That's not what I mean. That, unless you were Catholic, she wouldn't. That's not, not at all. Right. But she was big into being Catholic, man. She just loved that. Yeah, you know what? Now, now that you bring that up, my mom got that way, it felt like. It, yeah, really? Definitely as she aged, she became more and more Catholic. Yep. More and more going to church every morning. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, honest to God. Well, I think I've told... I don't know if I've ever told you guys the story, but the last time I ever saw my mother, I was uh, living in New York, 
and Florida, and then I would come to visit. And I also lived in Minneapolis, so I lived in three different places, at the voiceover business and being on the radio and doing all kinds of stuff and all that, right? So the last time I saw her, I, I was holding her hand, and I said, Mom, I, I got to leave town for a couple of weeks. I got to go to New York, but I'll come back in a couple of weeks. She goes, I don't know. It's two weeks, I don't know if I'm... I'm I don't know. I said, what do you mean? You're, everything's fine. Everything's great. I'll be back in two. I'll see you in two weeks. She goes, yeah, don't give me that. <laughs> and she was right. She died while I was gone. Wow. She was absolutely right. Vince Flynn called me and told me my mother had died because I didn't even know it. Vince Flynn did? Yeah, Vince Flynn called me and said, your mom died. I don't know if you know that or not, Tommy. Vince was a great guy. Did you guys ever no, spend any time no. with him? I knew Great about guy. that. No, I, I, I mean, his brothers are a pain in the ass. You know what I'm saying. No, just a wonderful family. Mother, father, the whole family, just great people. And Vince, brilliant writer, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes. But yeah, Definitely so I suppose that was kind of an honor that Vince Flynn, a best-selling author, called to tell me my mother was dead. I yeah, suppose it was, she, that was very nice. And she uh, I either predicted it or knew, huh? So. Oh, she knew she wasn't going to live two more weeks. Yeah, she definitely, she definitely knew that. I, don't know, I really wish that everyone could have met my mother. I really wish you, that you three had met my mother. She was a completely, a completely different kettle of fish or whatever they say. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the fact she talked like this, so that was another part of it. Mom, why don't you have another cigarette? What do you say? Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, she had the Siggy voice. There's no doubt about that. Honestly, God. Hey, Tom, I just got up. Yeah, I can tell, Mom. I can tell you just got <laughs> up. Okay. <laughs> That's the old school, right? Like, that's the... Oh, well, yeah. I, the, the funny thing is, too, but there was an extended period, you know, what, go back to the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, into the 70s, probably, mm -hmm. where it was uh, it was stylish to smoke. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I smoked like, from the time I was 11 to 21. I quit when I was 21, but... But now we think of it as this gross, dirty habit. But, you know, I mean, you go back to the old... If, I mean, you could smoke on an airplane. That's my favorite. Oh, I love the fact that this is no smoking. I know. Yeah. But it's right next to the smoking. <laughs> in, yes. like, oh, there's a curtain. In a tube. In, in a tube with no air circulation. Right. Right. Don't oh, this smoke. is no smoking up here. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't smoke here. But, but, you know, take two steps back and light it up. I am still fascinated by the fact. By the way, we're talking about this stuff because there's no sports to report worth shit, is there? No, the Wolves won. That's it. No, there's the not. Wolves, well, that's, see, now that's good news, though. So we will get to that because well, well, I know yeah, Tevin's well, a huge okay. fan. No question about that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's one of those situations you go through life. Life is grand. Everything's wonderful. And then your mom dies. And that's not so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Although my mom lived to 80-something. It was a good life. You know what? Yeah, my mother was 88. Yeah, I've I've always been. I mean, my parents lived a long time, so I, I guess the people I've always felt for is is if you lose your parents early, you know. Mm -hmm. Did your mother used to say things to like out of joint? Like my mother, and when people would say to you, say to you, God, there's this wonderful place. I don't, I don't know if you ever been there or not, but it's absolutely beautiful. And you kind of go, God, I I can't picture that. My mother never said that that way. She said, you know, I can't feature that. What do you mean you can't feature that? What do you run a movie theater? <laughs> what are you talking about? Picture, feature. I guess it, well, a feature was a movie picture mm -hmm. yeah. at the theater, so maybe she misconstrued. Well, I suppose I can't feature that in my brain. You're featuring things. I suppose she was right. 
And you know what she meant. Yeah, I know what she meant, absolutely. I wish you guys had met her, though, but you only missed by about, oh, 50 years. When, she, when did she uh, pass away? She died, oh, my God, that was a long time ago now. She, matter of fact, I know when she died because she died in 2008, which was not a good year for Tommy, by the way. The economy collapsed. I lost a ton of dough. My mother died. I mean, we could, uh. that was a horrible year. God, the economy collapsed. I mean, uh, that was a tough road to hoe, no yeah, question. Bet. But, you know, such is life. Okay, let's talk some basketball, Tevin. Yeah, I mean, Watch the game. It's, it's a nice win, but when you look at it, I mean, Judd, it wasn't – necessarily the most inspiring the no Luka Doncic no Kyrie Irving so the two best players for the other team didn't even play uh, it's oh. I think more importantly they're trying to get Chris Finch into coaching the all-star game and I think he's like one game away from being able to clinch that so how many home games have the Wolves had this year where significant players for the opposing team don't play and I'm right. not talking about because they're like mm, hurt right. for an extended period I'm talking about this whole rest thing mm-hmm um, it feels like the it feels like especially this season, Tevin, that there's been an extended list of like uh, star players. In fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the first of those two Lakers games, LeBron di- didn't play. I feel I, yeah. I do feel for people that buy tickets, especially who have kids, to take their kids to see like you know Kyrie or Luca or LeBron, and you get there and no, you know, like last night. That was a G League team for Dallas. And yeah. and it shouldn't have been as close as, as that game certainly was in the first half. But regarding recent the recent losses by the Wolves, you at least feel good that they didn't lose that game yeah. and won by a lot. Yeah, no, a lot of teams definitely do sit their players because that was always the narrative. Well, they're in first place, but, you know, LeBron didn't play when he came to town, so we don't know how good this team is. And, so, yeah, it is frustrating to see that. And then Anthony Edwards obviously getting fined $40,000 for uh, complaining to the refs. He, pretty much, Tom, he called his own shot for getting a fine in the post-game interviews. Like, I know, <laughs> like, I know I'm going to get fined for saying this, but, you know, essentially bleep the refs. They yep. suck, yeah. Who hasn't said that? Bleep the PD, yeah, right? Everybody, so. But, yeah, it cost <laughs> him about 40 grand. 40 Gs? Yep. Yep. Whoa. It was real aggressive. They, the cameras also caught him at the end of the game, and he was not saying this for public consumption, but saying cheating ass refs. Oh, I'm gonna guess the league didn't take kindly to that one. <laughs> Probably just not. gonna go out on a total limb here. Bold statement. Yeah, that's that's like be like me going. You know what? I kind of like Rob Hubbard, but I don't know about Ginny. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might not. Exactly. <laughs> I've known her since she was eight years old, man. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I've known Ginny Hubbard since she was eight years old when I started at KSTP. 1,500 KSTP, baby. Yeah, spinning the, spin the wax, right? Spinning the wax, man. <laughs> AM radio. Doing. You and what? You, uh, you at KSTP, and um, I, I think, if I'm right about this, 63 KDWB was uh, a thing then, right? Rob Sherwood. Yeah. Yeah, very big deal. Rob and, yeah. AM radio, man. AM yeah. radio playing the hits. Had Nap and Bush became Nap and Donuts uh, later on KS95, but Nap and Bush on the uh, on 1500. That was a great radio station. Do you know that radio station? That's one thing I will tell you, uh, because we got to go in a couple of seconds here anyway. But I have been so lucky to work at some of the places that I've worked because I my first job was at KDAN, which is a little 
you know, 500 watt daytime or whatever it was. My second job was at 1500 KSTP. No, I'm sorry, that's not true. I went to Grand Forks for about six months and then I worked at KSTP. Okay. Uh, and uh, they went from 13th to second place in 90 days. Did you know that? Jesus. No. You could look that up. They went literally, in 90 days, they went from 13th place to second place in the market. That is unbelievable. So do you think Uncle Tommy's been a little lucky in where I end up uh, being on, on the shows? Yeah, that is incredible. Isn't that amazing? And mm-hmm. KQRS, same situation. It was the number one rated morning show in America. Mm-hmm. And it's, look, I wasn't, I was there when they went from 13th to 2nd, but it had nothing to do with me. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure. That's not, that's not what I'm hearing. It sounds like you showed up and before you're even eligible for health benefits, <laughs> they were first place. Yes. Yeah. This is all about me. I, more me now. And no, nah, it's, it's great, but that's. That's why I love the whole situation, except for, you know, good friends of mine who call me during the show. It's like, well, thanks. You don't even know when I'm on the air anymore. Of course, that <laughs> used to happen on, on KQ, too. I get calls right in the middle of the show. It's like, you do know I do a morning show, right? right. Do you know that? Right. Jesus, Palomino. <laughs> All right, Judd, any closing words? Uh, no, that's about it. That, I thought it was a brilliant sports report. It was it was very good. Are you kidding? We we did determine that all, all the sports teams, professional sports teams in Chicago, are pretty much awful, though. Yes, and so is their mayor. He's a terrible human being. So they're pretty good at getting terrible good. human beings. But besides, yeah, I was going to say, you want to go back in history in Chicago? <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> I mean, that's been a few of them. Oh. Well, maybe more than a few. All right, all right I'll talk it. to you guys on a Tuesday. Talk to you Tuesday. Thanks, Judd. All right, bye. Judd's all good. Score North, ladies and gentlemen. Take a break. Be right back in a couple of seconds. Some other hun yuck from Channel 5 is going to be on. What's his name again? Kirk Kristen? What is yeah. it? That uh, sounds right. Yeah. Birthday boy. Birthday boy yes. yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Belated. There you go. It's a new year. Why not treat yourself to a new gun from KNL Surplus and Ammo? I personally know Jim, the owner. He's been in the firearms business for over 15 years and knows how to set you up with the perfect firearm for your needs. KNL offers one of the widest selections of firearms in the region, including Beretta shotguns and Tika rifles. High school trap teams are starting to form now, and KNL has a great selection of SKB shotguns. KNL has Tika and SKB in both right and left hand models. Very smart. KNL also has a broad range of ammunition, including both American and European calibers. If you have a collection of guns that you'd like to sell, just call Jim at KNL so he can help you get the best price through his network. KNL Surplus and Ammo is on Lake Drive and Line of Lakes and open Tuesday through Saturday. You can also visit them online at www.klgunstore.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Mike Lindell and my pillow employees. 
they want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. So do well, I want to thank you too. Not just Mike Lindell and his employees, me too. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance and new product sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code TOM and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0. Also get 50% off the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived because they won't last long. You know that. Six-pound towel sets, only $29.98. And take advantage of the free shipping on larger items such as mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM and you get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-516-5146 or go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TOM. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tom Bernard Podcast. Along with the lovely and talented baseball player. Oh, wait a minute. He's not a baseball player. He's a newsman. Channel 5's Chris Eggert is brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh today for your free 48-minute evaluation, 952-925-5608. What are you all dolled up for? I'm trying to look like you, man. Really? You're going <laughs> to yeah. fall asleep in your chair? <laughs> I mean, there's hey, a pretty good chance I will. There's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good chance. Depends how boring you are, Tom. I yeah, might fall right. asleep. Right. I understand completely. So a lot of a lot of arguing in the news this morning about who said what, and the translation meant this, and no, that's not right, and we don't want any Jews in Chicago. And we, what the hell's happening to the world, Chris? I, w- I was just reading that article in the Star Tribune this morning about Ilan Omar, and uh, depending on how you interpret the translation of a speech she made is kind of uh, up for debate right now. So, you know, I had a friend, uh, and it is all about translation because you know, when, when you talk to people and I won't say his name, you wouldn't know who he was anyway. When you talk to people, sometimes you want to make a punch. You go, listen, let me just tell you something. This is how, you know, this is it. And I'm just telling you, you do that once in a while, right? Yep. For some reason, my friend didn't catch the training class or whatever it was, because he always went, the thing is, we got to do it this way because it's, a, it's like, you realize what you're doing? Well, what do you mean? I'm just pointing out, you know, like I'm waving my finger like you do. I said, no, I use this one. You use this one. <laughs> Why, how would he have come by? Do you think he was doing that on purpose? I mean... <laughs> I mean, you you knew him. Was he doing it on purpose? I don't think so. I just think he literally was not paying attention. I don't know what the hell it was, because I've seen other people do this. You know, the un, it's unbelievable. They they like point with their little finger and they stick yeah. their thumb out when they do it. Yeah. So I guess it's just you know the fu could be just I'm trying to make a point. Well, I, I do know that the Star Tribune had a Somali reporter and the Somali or reporter like who speaks the language, listened to mm-hmm. it and kind of confirmed what, what they said was the um, proper translation. So I, I don't know if, if you believe the, the Star Tribune is fair and unbiased on that, which I don't have a reason to believe why they would be otherwise than, you know, 
maybe maybe whatever she said wasn't quite as uh, egregious as first thought. But. Well, I'd like to hear from some other people because, you know, um, I don't care a little bit about a black cat's ass. You know, I could say that, and I could say, well, you just misinterpreted what I said. You see what I'm saying? No, I don't that's know. very I, true. That's very true. It's about context, right? Like, I, I just agree. don't know, but... The, 90% of people said that she was railing on and on and on about this, that, or the other thing. I don't pay attention to politicians anymore. I think they're all nuts, every one of them. You know one thing I love about politicians? When they need you, boy, they're on the phone. But if they don't need you and you call them, they won't even answer their phone. Politicians are some of the worst people I have ever met. Let's be honest. Right? Uh, you I don't mean, have you to agree. Up, Never mind. You bring, up, you bring up some valid points. <laughs> As long as I need you, I'll be right there. But if I don't need you anymore, you're never going to see me again. It's uh, just, you could tell they were people that never got picked for the team or always got their ass kicked in the schoolyard. It's those kind of people that run for politics, isn't it? I always do wonder that. I, I wonder that. Um, having not, you know, really the jumped into that world all that much to know who the, you know, to know people well enough to know what they were like when they were young. Yeah. Just to kind of see what, pushes people in that line of work but yeah it's it's the it's an amazing situation but yeah i used to i used to get calls when you know we're just kicking everybody's ass on it's been everybody in the state and blah 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 haven't heard a word from them in five six years it's just when they need you they need you and if they don't need you you ain't gonna hear from them I can't yeah like that. that's unfortunate any mm, anybody who yeah. sort of operates in that way isn't it's not good it is indeed. So we go forward. You know, and the other thing about it is I've never liked news anchors. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> it, That's fair. Chris, I had a, a question for you because there was a couple of unusual deaths that kind of came across the news. One was the 75-year-old man that was tased in his apartment for, like, getting oh. evicted that died. And then a yeah. boy that was hit by a bus at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning in the highway. Do you have any additional information than kind of just the – land statement that was thrown out i i don't but i would agree with you that both of those were kind of unusual incidents at last mm -hmm. check i didn't see that they'd we actually have a, a bit on it on the news right now i'm looking up um it was a metro transit bus but i don't mm -hmm. i don't think we have an uh, identification on the kid who was hit yet with that um so i no i don't have a lot of information about that unfortunately i'm sorry Unfortunately, so the guy got tased. They tased a seventy-five-year-old man. Is that what you just said? Uh, yeah, the story that I saw, he was getting evicted, and the police were trying to get him out of his house, and they tased him, and then it caused some sort of medical emergency, and he ended up dying. What was he like, Andre the Giant? Why the hell did they tase a seventy-five-year-old uh, man? Oh, uh, they said he picked up a knife. And was walking oh, towards God. them, so he had. Oh, yeah, they said he had a knife, and he was in his apartment, not wanting to be evicted, and so they tased him. You know, it's interesting that that came up because just this morning I was out for my walk, and I ran into a guy. I don't know him really well, but I know him a little bit, and we were talking on the street just a little bit for a couple of seconds, and he said, "Hey, it's my birthday," and I said, "Oh, it's your birthday," kind of like Chris Eggert yesterday, kind of like that same situation. Yeah. But <laughs> what? Yeah, how Let are your cupcakes? You yeah, Chris, I got to. How what? I have to say thank you because you weren't in the building yesterday when I showed up, but I'm out at my desk working, and all of a sudden, 
two giant carts full of cupcakes came by <laughs> and they're like, it's time to celebrate. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Cool. What? Somebody, what's going on? What's the, what are we celebrating? And they're like, Chris Eggert's birthday. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just saw him like an hour and a half ago and I feel awful that I didn't even say happy birthday yesterday. So what are you now? Uh, like 62? Uh, 62. Yep. <laughs> nice try. That's funny because you just brought that up, and I'm not kidding. The guy I ran into out in the street this morning said it's his birthday today, and I said, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Uh, and you guys are of a different generation, so it might not have the same impact. But I said, so uh, what are you celebrating, 62? And he goes, what? I said, what are you, 62, 63? And he goes, I'm 83. Oh, Have geez. you noticed older people do not look like they're like when I was a kid and you were 83, you looked like you were 83. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> yeah, I, you know. is, is that true? Or is it that you, when you get older, you sort of have a little bit different sense of people's age? I, I don't Maybe. know. I ask my, I ask myself that all the time because I'll be like looking at somebody. I'm like, and, and when you were a kid, like even when you're a kid, you think like 40 seems like it's ancient, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. That's so, true. Um, yeah, Tevin on that, the gentleman who got tased, that is something that, I mean, there are all kinds of different studies that, of the impacts that being tased can have on, Ooh. you know, mm -hmm. on, on people. And, um, a lot of times when I worked in central Florida, um, that seemed to happen quite a bit in the Orlando area where there were these sort of taser incidents and there was a run of them where there were people who, um, were dying after they'd been tased a lot of it came back to them having drugs in their system or there was sure. something there was something going on um it'll be interesting to see what happens what when they sort of dig a little bit deeper into that 75 year old because that i mean there it's it's definitely i mean there, there's all kinds of medical proof that that taser thing it does something to you beyond yeah you know the the initial yeah. the shock of it but. yeah uh, we can close with this. I had a friend who was a big-time weightlifter. His name is Dale Hen. Great guy. Uh, worked out with him quite quite often. And he also worked up at, uh, I think, St. Cloud State Prison. Mm -hmm. He was a very big, muscular guy, right? Dale, just a great guy. And they used to test equipment on him because he's so big and strong, like they would tase him to see how it would work. They say, hey, Dale, we got this new thing, man. It's like a rubber ball cannon. And so we want to test it on you. And he goes, what? They said, yeah, it's like a rubber, but it's just a soft rubber ball. So it's not that big a deal. It just basically distracts them. So then you can move in on them. So he gets back up against this concrete wall, you know, the, the concrete blocks. Yeah. And he goes, wait a second. Wait a second. Just before you do this, let me step away. I just want to see how this works. Just shoot it at the wall. Boom. Put a hole in the wall about that big. <laughs> <laughs> They had to dial back on the velocity a little oh bit. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> he is. He came this close to getting smoked by a rubber ball. I mean, it wouldn't have killed him, but it would have hurt. I can guarantee you that. Holy crap. Whew. That'd be tough. That dude to must have been a big, bad dude to have he him was. test out stuff yeah. on him. Oh, he was. Dale, just a great guy, too. I haven't seen Dale in your Dale, if you're listening, who loves you, pal? That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, Mr. Eggert, get off your ass and get to work. I'm, I'm not going to, but I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> right, talk, talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Channel 5's Chris Eggert is brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh today for your free 48-minute evaluation, 952-925-5608. We'll take a break. Be right back. you got to stick with this next segment because this is going to be rather interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, Josie Reisman 
is going to be talking about Vince McMahon and all kinds of stuff right after this. February is the month for love. When is the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? Have you gotten down on your hands and knees and adored how clean and refreshed it was? Or are you scared what you might see or smell maybe not only is your carpet one of the biggest investments in your home but it's also the biggest air filter in your house lucky for you zero res is going to spread the love to you and your home with their love your rug special get three rooms zero resified starting at just 119 bucks and a free hallway don't forget dirt and dander's favorite hiding place your air ducts this month takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts zero res clean Call Zero Res right now, 952-ZERO-RES, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the Tom Bernard Show special. Protect your employees and customers by getting your business Zero Resified by the pros at Zero Res. Call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. Spell it forward or backward. It spells the same, Zero Res. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the Hey, it's a new year. Why not treat yourself to a new gun from KL Surplus and Ammo? I personally know Jim, the owner, and I'm not making that up. He's a great guy. He's been, first of all, I don't do commercials for people I don't like. So there you go. But Jim, yeah, Jim's a great guy. He's been in the firearms business for over 15 years and knows how to set you up with the perfect firearm for your needs. KNL offers one of the widest selection of firearms in the region, including Beretta shotguns, Antica rifles. Uh, high school trap teams are starting to form now, and KNL has a great selection of SKB shotguns. KNL has Tika and SKB both in right and left hand models. KNL also has a broad range of ammunition, including both American and European calibers. If you have a collection of guns that you'd like to sell, call Jim at KNL so he can help you get the best price through his network. KNL Surplus and Ammo is on Lake Drive in Lana Lakes and open Tuesday through Saturday. You can also visit them online, www.klgunstore.com. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. I like that. It's just kind of a little riffing going on. Is that the ticket? That's the ticket. From what I understand. So, yeah, let me know when Josie's ready to go and she we'll get it set. done. Ladies and gentlemen, I, you're going to want to hear this. This is going to be unbelievable. Josie Reisman. Is it Reisman or Reisman? How do you pronounce your name, Josie? Reisman, like Reese's Pieces. Like Reese's Pieces. I thought it was Reisman because I knew some Reismans, so that's why I went with Reisman. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we're already familiar. Okay, this is going to be unbelievable. Ringmaster Vince McMahon. And the unmaking of America, that's where I want to stop talking and start listening because this, i got to be honest with you, Josie, I, um, 
I was a big time weightlifter for a long time, many years ago. And so I spent a ton of time in gyms with professional wrestlers like Hawk and Animal and you get on the list, Greg Gagne, mm -hmm. Vin, Vern Gagne, all the, the great local wrestlers, national wrestlers, the whole shooting match. So I spent quite a lot of time with these people. They, they're, they're different kinds of people, but they might be different, but Vince McMahon is really different, apparently. Yes, Vince McMahon, who was for a long time the owner, chairman, CEO, various titles in charge of uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, he was the singular figure of professional wrestling for about 40 years. And he is, to say the least, an interesting guy. Wrestling is a strange industry. It's kind of this little pocket of late 19th century robber baron capitalism that has managed to sort of <laughs> stay its own thing for more than a century and kind of avoid hard scrutiny. And in that time, uh, we've had about 40 years of Vince McMahon getting away with basically anything he ever did. Every once in a while, he'd face some business failure, but overall, it was a trajectory onward and upward, making more and more money, becoming more and more respected, becoming more and more entrenched in the media landscape. And that free ride seems to have ended last week. Yeah, it ended with kind of a bang, didn't it? Uh, that's one word for it, yes. The lawsuit was filed on Thursday of last week by a former employee of World Wrestling Entertainment who alleged that Vince McMahon had not only sexually assaulted her but had sexually trafficked her um, uh, with other people at the company, had distributed explicit photographs of her, allegedly, to lots of people at the company, Really shocking allegations that I won't get into the details of, but those details were in the lawsuit. There were text messages, there were specific dates, there were very gritty details about the coer the alleged coerced sex that was happening. And um, yeah, it's uh, it it was quite the event, especially for 24 hours later when Vince McMahon resigned. A little over 24 hours later, the next day. Mm -hmm. Vince had been untouchable. This was not the first set of allegations against Vince McMahon by a length or a mile. It, it really is uh, the culmination of many decades of accusations. And now, for the first time, he actually has been ousted from power at his company in a very conclusive way, it seems, as a result of these allegations. You know, what's interesting to me is I, over the years, because, you know, a lot of, I knew a lot of people that worked with him and all the rest of it, I didn't know Vince McMahon, but I did talk to him several times and seemed like a very forthcoming, nice, I tell you what, some of the wrestlers didn't like him at all. Other wrestlers thought he was the greatest of all time. So that's pretty normal, mm -hmm. I would think, though, isn't it? Some people are going to like you, some people aren't. I guess that's normal. But, um, yeah, all the stuff that he's, they, they're talking about that he's done, after just talking to him, you would, I guess everybody's like that though. All the people have this bizarre or awkward behavior and you would never know it by talking to them. I guess that's, that's not a good indicator anyway. Right. Well, I mean, part of what this set of allegations implies, if it's true, is that there was an institutional culture of silence at, at, at World Wrestling mm -hmm. Entertainment and that that really started from the top with Vince. 
So you probably wouldn't have heard about a lot of this stuff because WWE was very adept at sweeping allegations under the rug. And Vince McMahon was very good presenting himself as a legitimate businessman, just like anybody else who runs a company. When in reality, he was operating by wrestling rules, and wrestling rules are kind of no rules at all. It's it's the, the, the code, the ethics code of wrestling is about as fake as the notion that it's an unpredetermined sport, <laughs> you know? There's, there's really uh, uh, an omerta, as you would say, about talking ill of Vince. And that has right. persisted since these allegations came out and he resigned. Very few people have stepped forward to denounce him from within wrestling. Yeah, well, I, that does not surprise me at all, being around those guys all the time. They, you know, they have their own world, kind of, don't you think? Absolutely. Their, their world is one where, among many other things, uh, abuse is rampant. And I mean that in all, men- all, all meanings of that word. You have the abuse of the wrestlers who are not employees. They are contractors. They're freelancers who don't have health insurance uh, provided by WWE. They don't have a union. They have very little in the way of protections. And then, of course, there's the alleged endemic sexual abuse within wrestling. And like I said, these are not the first allegations against Vince McMahon. Uh, Going all the way back to 1986, there was an alleged rape uh, of the first female referee in WWF. That was the predecessor company. Um, A woman named Rita Chatterton. She claimed that Vince raped her in 1986. And that was just the beginning. There were plenty of allegations of assault or harassment after that. So, yeah, it's it's a really unprecedented situation in a lot of ways. You know, it's so interesting to me. You look at a guy, he, he, did he own the World Wrestling Federation? Did he own the WWF? Or was he just part of that? Yeah, it was, it was, it, the, the company was founded by his father and grandfather. That's what I thought. It was a family-owned company for most of its existence. And then in 1999, he and his wife, Linda McMahon, who were the people running the place and owning it, they uh, took the company public on the stock exchange. But even then, they remained the controlling shareholders, and Vince in particular was the controlling shareholder. So although he was no longer at a family-owned company, he was still running the company both in terms of the executive chart, and also in terms of his ultimate financial power there. But that's over. He, When he sold to Endeavor, Ari Emanuel's company, last year, he gave up that control. He was mm-hmm. going to be and was the chairman of this new merged entity between WWE and UFC, but he didn't have that ultimate financial power. He phased out most of his stock, which made him even more wealthy than he'd ever been, but it did take away that, that leverage he had. God, what an amazing thing. Do you think part of this is, and the reason I ask you this is, as I said, I, I spent a lot of time around those guys, hanging out with them, lifting weights with them, going to have dinner, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the fact that he wasn't one of the big guys, one of the, I mean, he was very famous, 
but he always had somebody like Hulk Hogan or whatever that was more famous than he was, uh, much bigger, much stronger. Was this drive to be sexually over the top? Was that somehow proving to himself that he really did fit in with all these big shots that I, I just don't understand why you would do that other than the fact you're trying to convince yourself, well, I'm just like these guys, which he was not. I think that's, well, it's possible. I think that's a big part of it. I think it's, it's in many ways, what seems to have happened was Vince, in brief, Vince McMahon up until about age 12 was a pretty unremarkable kid who most people regarded as nice and quiet, right. unassuming, bit of a non-entity. And then at 12, he meets his father, who he had been estranged from since birth. And his father was the owner of this company, of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, um, Capital Wrestling Corporation. And Vince really changed once he met his father and started right. to learn about the world of wrestling. He really fell in love with it and embraced it at a bone level. And that's part of what happens, I think, in these allegations, is you have a culture that Vince was inducted into where this kind of thing happens. But also, let, let's look, I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm a trans woman, I, I, I look at these allegations and I think if they're true, it's about power, it's about domination. You know, Vince is somebody who always wants to be the top dog yep. in whatever yep. room he mm -hmm. enters. That's his thing, and sometimes that can manifest in sexual violence in cases such as that. And if these allegations are true, even a fraction of them, I think they suggest that that's part of what's going on. I don't want to get too deep into this, Josie, but, but there's, a, there's a bit of this that has to do with defecation, and it makes, Ugh. obviously, to yeah. me, it looks like I'm going to show you how much bigger a deal than I am, and I'm going to show you what you really are by defecating on you. Yes. Man, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a really remarkable uh, allegation that stands out in a lawsuit full of them. Yes, the allegation is that on a particular date, Vince McMahon allegedly coerced Janelle Grant, this employee, into a, a three-way sexual encounter where right. Vince defecated on her head and back and mm -hmm. forced her to remain unshowered and unwashed for the rest of the <sighs> encounter. This is the allegation, and it, 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 I mean, again, if it's true, it seems to suggest wanting to dominate, wanting to be powerful, wanting to show people their place in the food chain, which is something that, again, even if this particular allegation weren't true, that certainly defines Vince. I mean, anyone who's worked for him, there are plenty of very conclusive out-in-the-open cases of him asserting himself against somebody in a way that humiliates them, you know? I mean, look no further than Bret Hart and the so-called Montreal Screwjob of 1997. Right. You, have, you have plenty of examples of Vince McMahon humiliating someone right in front of our eyes. I mean, there are, even in sexual situations, you had wrestlers like Trish Stratus who were forced to be in demeaning sexual scenarios with Vince McMahon's character, Mr. McMahon, on television, live television. You had him forcing these trained wrestlers with dignity and worth to get down on their hands and knees and bark like dogs or strip to their bra and panties lasciviously. Like, that's, that's real power exercise right there. That is saying, I know where you are on this food chain, and you are not the apex predator. I am. 
God, it's so amazing. It just, uh, well, I, Josie, I know you got to get going here and all the rest of it, but I'd love to have you back some, some time to talk more about this. Please, I, anytime. I just, Josie, I will put it this way. There were 22 of us that used to go to the gym, and four of us are still alive. The other 18 are dead. So yeah. that shows you what kind of life yeah. that actually is, too. Boy, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What can you say? I mean, it's, 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 it's wrestling. People die young. It's a very abusive ecosystem. But, well, thank you for having me on to talk about it. You got it. And let me say the same thing you just said, because I love that and I'm stealing from you, Josie. Oy vavoy from now on. <laughs> no, sorry. My Yiddish guide is coming out. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Josie. Have a great day. Thank you. Oh, jo- yeah. I, I, what a great interview. That, that woman did a great interview. It, it's kind of interesting because I bet he still runs into, well, your name is Josie Reisman, but, uh, but, See, didn't you know right away that he was he was trans, or she was trans? I should say. I'm sorry. You knew right away. And by by the way, does that put anybody off? And not me. I mean, why would it? Correct. No. What yeah. do I, I've never understood why people give a rat's ass what you do, other than rape. Of course, that's out of the mix. I'm sorry, but uh, you can't get away with that. But what you do with your body is none of my damn business. Oh yeah. No, yeah, it makes right? no difference. Is the content in your book good? All right, cool. I don't care yeah. if you're a man, woman, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, that's why I didn't even bring it up because you know, his voice or her voice still sounds like a man's voice mostly. I would I would say, but I think it's terrific that this is. Hey, look, we had the first trans people on the KQ Morning Show like 20 years ago talking about what's this all about because nobody had ever heard of it at that point. Mm-hmm. So that stuff fascinates me. It's like, it's, it's a good example of, why don't you just leave me alone? And I'm not talking about just them. I'm talking about everybody. We all have different upbringings. We have different lives. You do what you do, and I do what I do. Right? Right. As long as you're not pulling a Vince McMahon and, you know, pooping on somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's a, as long as you're not pooping on me, I guess we'll, yeah. we'll get along just fine. That's what you're saying? Yeah. All right, we'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen. A little news and information coming up. Kristen Burt coming up at about 9.15, only about, oh, my God, only about 14, 13, 14 minutes from right now. We'll be right back right after this. You know the song Kokomo? It's supposed to be off the Florida Keys, right? Hate to break your Beach Boys bubble, but that's a fictitious place they made up for the song. Fortunately for the rest of us, the Florida Keys island chain are as real as the taxes you have to pay in Minnesota if you're a resident. Now that's the reason to move south. In addition to Florida and all of Monroe County being beautiful, the Keys from Key Largo to Key West are even more beautiful. This is Tom Bernard, part-time Florida resident myself. And if you want a second house or a new retirement home or want to become a Floridian, may I suggest you contact Matt Carlson from One Key West Realty. Matt grew up in Litchfield. He's a super real estate agent when it comes to finding your tropical island space in the Keys. He lives there and here, and Matt knows what's best in Key West to buy. For your second home in Florida, Matt teamed up with fellow Minnesotan from Sartell and Alexandria, Kristen Eklund, who's one of the top mortgage brokers in the country from Coast to Coast Mortgage. She'll get you the financing you need to buy a home in Florida or in Minnesota. Matt's part of the Lake Sotheby's International Realty Group here in Minnesota, and Kristen, his mortgage colleague, lives and works in the Keys, so they both know the Florida Keys' new and existing homes for sale and are Minnesotan through and through. Contact them by heading to onekeywest.com. That's onekeywest.com. Jim Paul of Valley Buick GM has a mutiny on his hands. His sales crew said they've had it brewing snow off the new Buicks and GMCs, then warm them up, 
move them to plow, and repark them again. He even overheard them cooking up an alternative plan, a sale. This is crazy. Why don't we just mark them down and sell them? This is getting real old to be out on that lot in this sub-zero weather. That's right. Everyone we sell is one less to broom. I heard we're supposed to get six more inches tomorrow. I'm 5'6". How am I supposed to get the snow off the roof of a pickup? I'm Jim Paul, and, well, car dealers do have all kinds of crazy sales. This idea probably makes more sense than most. There's plenty of inventory, so, okay, the crew has decided. Yeah! yeah. Now we're talking yeah. fun! So then it's official. The We Don't Want to Broom Snow sale is in full force at Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley and Hastings. Snowy inventory priced real right at valleycardealers.com. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. I like the, it's kind of a whiny note when they bring up my name. Mm-hmm. Tom Bernard. Why does it have to be whiny? Yeah, I don't, it does have kind of that, I don't even know what's, is it like whammy bar that's on a, yeah, that, yeah, yeah I know what there you mean. go. Has that Probably kind of true. I think they're doing it on purpose. What do you think? Yeah, they're like, yeah. they're like, is somebody crying and weeping too obvious? Yeah, make it sound more like a guitar. And... <laughs> we could exactly use this right. baby sound. Yeah. We, let's use a guitar. God, I love that guy. Josie was a great guest, I thought. Yeah, she was terrific. You guys spend any, ever spend any time around professional wrestlers? Uh, professional wrestlers? No, not like an extended so. period. Like I've like I've gone to some shows. Uh, Ric Flair came through the right. s- the score yeah. building when they were in town for AEW to kind of just promote some stuff, but not in a sense where I'm sure you're talking about where it's like actually sitting down one on one, hanging out. Plus, the fact it's such a thrill to you know get up there and be able to you know move around weights two three times more than the average person. 
and then they come in and they do two, three times more than what you did. You know, it's a thrill. Let me yeah, just point that out. Just superhuman. Well, there was, I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was WWE, it was a bodybuilding competition uh, back in the day where it got leaked that they're potentially going to be doing random drug tests. Not one person showed up for the bodybuilding <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the bodybuilding wrestling, it's all steroid free. Although Ric Flair will argue that his body is 100% natural grass fed beef. That's what he says. Yeah. He does. And he's always wearing that uh, robe or whatever the hell that is. I love that when he wears And then he takes it off to just show you just how cool he is. Yep. You ever talk to him? Uh, no, but AJ, you said he went through the Hubbard building. Was Did you get close enough where you had, were seeing him just kind of interact with people, or was he just on a show? He, yeah, no, air. he uh, he he sat down with uh, Phil uh, and did you know like a half hour, forty five minutes or so. Just talked about mm-hmm. talked about the wrestling scene right now. Talk you know talked about the old days. They talked about uh, you know Gagne. They talked about some of the like the older Minnesota mm-hmm. guys um, that they used to have on on fifteen hundred when they were on the air there doing stuff live. And um, I mean. He's just an electric guy. Like, (laughs) some people just have that, like, aura about Mm -hmm. them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you can understand they they play a character. Yep. His character, it seems like it goes from, like, 11 down to, like, 10 when he's off the air. Like... (laughs) <laughs> sure, That's sure. True. Like he, he's it still is. in his sense, but like as soon as that mic clicks on and blah blah blah, it is it is prime Ric Flair. Yep. It is incredible how well he's able to like just hone that and get into it and he's doing all the stuff. He's got all the phrases down and he's, he's saying exactly what you want to hear. Just uh yeah, electric, electric human being. God, one thing I love about wrestlers when you'd get to know that like then I would do appearances as the morning guy on the show and then the wrestlers would come and we'd all do appearances yeah blah 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 the first time I ever did what the hell was the guy's name is a heavyweight champion of the world he uh, never spoke any uh, louder than this kind of talk like this uh what the hell was his name but I showed up for an event and I'm talking to him and I said man I really like that that talking style you use and he goes what do you mean I said, you know, you're so laid back and, you know, you don't yell and scream like most of these guys. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you know, that voice you goes, this is my voice. I'm just here to tell you, this is my voice. If you don't like my voice, it's stupid. (laughs) What this big deal about the fact that he didn't do this whole deal. Do you think maybe it's because he couldn't? Yeah, or because I'm sure a lot of those guys, they you know, talk like a normal human being, and then now when I'm in front of everybody, it's, you know, I yes. got to put on my tough guy voice. So he probably maybe does the opposite, where he's like, I'm not going to do this stereotypical thing and just be yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. God, his name just popped in my head, and then it left as quickly as it popped into my head. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Okay. But, yeah, it was at, you know where the appearance was? Is at Parade Stadium. You guys even remember Parade Stadium? No. no. used to be on the corner of, uh, what is that, Hennepin and... Lindale, I guess it is, right across from Dunwoody. There's okay. that big park there that's got the big cock the, and, the, and all that stuff. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, 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 the yeah, blue okay. cock and the spoon. Yeah, uh, cock and the why spoon, can't I yeah. think of what it's called? The sculpture uh, park or the, whatever? Yeah, like the Walker Art Museum yep. or whatever, that area. Yeah, it was kind of right on the corner, the the northern corner of that that whole area. Yeah, absolutely. It's it called Parade Stadium. It's a football stadium. Uh, they played some baseball there as well, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We were doing an appearance for something, but he, he was uh, he was a good guy. Don't get me wrong. Really, really nice guy. Vern Gagne, um, Greg Gagne, of course, is still a really good friend of mine. But 
Yeah, the wrestlers. And that is really sad, though, that literally 18 of them are dead. Isn't that sad? Yeah, a lot of, well, especially back in those days, the drug use, the steroids, oh, yeah. drinking, oh, yeah. and all of that, and just the amount of stress bodybuilding and trying to get that big puts on your body is not good for your heart. I don't think there's any question about it. It's just, it's a very, very, it's a different life, I will tell you that. Plus the fact, if you were one of the big guys, like Hulk Hogan, mm -hmm. what chance do you think Hulk Hogan ever had of walking down the street and being left alone? Oh, zero. Like zero. And you, Zero. And especially because WWE is a very much so like little kids love wrestling, you know. Yeah. So yep. you now, every time you meet a little kid, you can't ruin that experience for them and not be, you know, the Hulkster. You got to immediately <laughs> snap into that and do the thing. What you going to do, brother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do that deal. I do love that. Hey, brother. <laughs> I do love that. With Hulkamania. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I was very, very lucky. I, you know, early on in my career, I met people like, you know, Harmon Killebrew, one of the greatest twins, one of the greatest Major League Baseball players of all time. And mm -hmm. you meet the wrestlers and you meet Fran Tarkenton and all these legendary figures. But I got to be honest with you, the way I grew up, baseball was huge, football was huge, basketball, not a lot of hockey in my neighborhood, so I didn't really know anybody, but Louie Nanny and I are really good friends because he's such a decent guy. But, yeah, that uh, getting to know all those guys was a real thrill for me. There's no doubt about that. It's kind of mm. very, very kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because and you think that it's like, because everybody goes, oh, wrestling's fake. But you can't really fake jumping off no. the top rope onto a folding <laughs> <No>. table <laughs> onto some concrete. Like. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like, it's, it's scripted, absolutely. Yes. Fake, though, no. No, yes. No. They know who's going to win, but they – don't you can't i remember seeing because when i first watched a wrestling match and all you heard was oh it's all fake it's fake and i can't remember who it was but he got hit in the head with a chair and his whole head was covered in blood and i remember being a little oh. kid like that's not fake like I, that doesn't sound like something i want to do <laughs> none for you no. getting hit over the head with a chair yeah i'm good <laughs> Yeah, that's not a thrill, i got to be honest with you. But, yeah, man, I cannot tell you, Saturday nights, as I've said before, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, you tune in All-Star Wrestling, Vern Gagne's company, and it was just part of being a teenage boy, man. Mm -hmm. and, and I should – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say very quickly, being a teenage boy and still being – because of the depth of my voice, I could still order beer over the phone <laughs> to be delivered to my house. So, you know, drinking beer and watching Saturday night. That is night, awesome. Saturday Night Wrestling was, it was a great childhood, let me put it that way. And I never realized how wrestling is kind of a soap opera in a way, where it's, there's like it this is. backstory. It's like an, a male, aggressive male soap opera, where it's like, yeah, we were in Nashville last night, and you said this about my mother, so now we're right. in Minneapolis, and I'm going to kick right. your ass. And everybody's <laughs> going crazy in the crowd. Like, yeah, that's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, it's just a wonderful deal. There's, I, honest to God, I, I just, I was so lucky to grow up the way that I did and getting to know all those people. And it, it just, although it was kind of depressing when you'd be, hey, I just spent 300 pounds. Ooh. <laughs> that's what I warm up with. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they warm up with, exactly. All right, we got to take a break. Coming right back. One of the greatest weightlifters of all time, Kristen Burt, will yep. join us right after this. February is the month for love. 
When is the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? Have you gotten down on your hands and knees and adored how clean and refreshed it was? Or are you scared what you might see or smell maybe not only is your carpet one of the biggest investments in your home but it's also the biggest air filter in your house lucky for you zero res is going to spread the love to you and your home with their love your rug special get three rooms zero resified starting at just 119 bucks and a free hallway don't forget dirt and dander's favorite hiding place your air ducts this month takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts zero res clean Call Zero Res right now, 952-ZERO-RES, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the Tom Bernard Show special. Protect your employees and customers by getting your business Zero Resified by the pros at Zero Res. Call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. Spell it forward or backward. It spells the same, Zero Res. Why should your business bank with North American Banking Company? Here's Landon and Gavin Miller of D&B Plating. I've always been impressed with their speed of answers to our questions, uh, and that has allowed us to expand and capitalize on opportunities in the market. North American Banking Company has never made us feel like a number. They've always treated us as a partner. For more information about North American Banking Company, go to nabanco.com or stop by any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking Company, Bradshaw and Bryant, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bielke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. If you'd like to find out more about growing your business with The Tom Bernard Show, go to TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. This is The Tom Bernard Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking to people that look just like Hawk and Animal, Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Were you just flexing your muscles? <laughs> I was bringing a gun to the show this morning. <laughs> Hope you have a permit the gun show, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar, you know that I just realized you and I have one thing in common, and I, I had never seen you wearing that kind of top before, and I didn't realize that you and I had the exact same shoulder width, uh, you today and me when I was two. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the petite side. <laughs> yes, you you, could tell, well, you said you're what, 5'3"? Five, 5'3". Three? Five, three. That's what I thought. Would that be considered petite? Yeah, I think anything under like 5'4 is considered petite in terms oh, of it? like fashion sizing, yes. There you go. So, And Catherine can dunk a basketball, so she doesn't count. She's got got height. She's lucky. She's very tall. There's no no question about that. And kind of pushy, to be honest. Tough guy when she's in the other room. You know that. (laughs) That's exactly right. So we went through, Kristen, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. We went through episode three of Fargo last night. It just, I just, it's okay at best. John Hamm is not impressive in that thing at all. Are you kidding? He's so good. He's terrible in it. I'm going to say every word like this. I'm going to talk like this the entire time. Did you put on the captions? No. (laughs) Why would I put on the caption? I could understand what he was saying. It just wasn't very interesting. Then maybe it's time to quit on Fargo if you're not interested. I I think the problem is because 
was it uh, fourth year last year? That was a phenomenal year. I think that was the best of them all, to tell you the truth, last year's, where it covered the gangsters on both sides of the coin down in Kansas City. There were the Italian mob and the black mob, and it was it was kind of like, hey, this is kind of how I grew up. I like this. That's what you're related to it. That's great. It's funny because this is considered the big comeback season for Fargo's, the one you're yeah. watching right now. Yep. And season four wasn't as highly regarded, but when you relate to something, you know, that's all that matters. No, that's exactly it. And maybe that is the situation. I've never been in Scandia, Minnesota, so I don't even know what that is. Anybody, anybody ever been in Scandia, Minnesota? Isn't that on the way over to uh, Wisconsin, like kind of over by Forest Lake? I'm pretty sure I used to drive through there oh, did re- regularly, and it's a town that's not big enough to have a show about it. Yeah, it, it, it's one that, like, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm po- almost positive I've passed through it at one point, yeah. but I couldn't point it out on a map. Did everybody in town talk like this when they talked to you? That's how everybody talks. That did not spend enough time. No, there, nobody no, stops so. in that town long enough to talk no, to you know, somebody. Yeah, not even getting gas. Nothing. I, I'm, I'm going to stay with it because Catherine likes it. I'm going to mm. stay with. It. I just. I think the problem might be, Kristen, that I was so impressed with with season four that nothing was going to stack up to that anyway. You're a little would, disappointed. It's okay. Chris Rock is a damn good actor. I would. Don't you agree that he is damn good? Yeah, it's so funny when, you know, people underestimate him, I think, because people get put in a box and then, you know, yep. someone goes and does something outside the box and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? But mm-hmm. it's been there all along. It's people don't give them chances. Yeah. So and maybe it'll catch on and all the rest, because I've always liked John Hamm before, you know, obviously uh, all the great things that he's done before. And it's not that I can't stand him. Mean, just his, his character is just kind of boring so far. Yeah, I think John Hamm's going to wind up with an Emmy nod this year, so we'll That's see. That's right here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't stand it, but I'm like, the Emmys are like, amazing! Well, that's because we'll a give them an award. Spoiled rich white kids. That's why he picks that stuff. That's what it is. I'm a voter. What are you talking well, about? Yeah, spoiled rich white kid from uh, Massachusetts. Is that what we're saying? That's what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll get out of your way now. But, yeah, we, I am going to stick with it because Catherine does like it. I do like the people in it. It's just, I don't know. It, it's okay, I guess. All right. Well, we got lots of good things that's come that are coming your way. And I, I thought about Tevin and AJ this morning because Aww. Netflix rolled out its teaser for 2024. Mm-hmm. Probably while you guys were on the air. So you, I'm, I doubt you've seen it. But we're getting a little teaser for Squid Games 2 yes, in there. Uh, Avatar Last Airbender's in there. Let's yes. Go. Let's I know. I mean, understand, it's a teaser. It's everything rolled into one. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, not, you're yeah, not getting yeah, like yeah, a yeah. big um, trailer or anything. But it Any is something. Any info good info. Yes, it's progress. Yes. yes. Uh, there's uh, a little tease. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's doing Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story. And <laughs> I was actually like, you know what? This hooked me. This little clip that they did. I, I'm actually intrigued on how Pop-Tarts came to be. Um, there's a tease of uh, Eddie Murphy with Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. That's coming back. And then Cameron Diaz's big return to acting with Jamie Foxx back in action. All right. Yeah, it's nice. and there's other things rolled in there. You'll yeah. see Bridgerton, and you'll see uh, Outer Banks, like all some other mm. uh, shows that are coming back t- uh, 2024. But 
something to look forward to, but I thought of you guys this morning. Is there anything that maybe wasn't on people's radars that you think is going to get a lot of attention as like it gets closer to releasing? Like what is the one thing that maybe stuck out that is kind of out of the blue that really is going to get a lot of attention? The Pop-Tart story. Okay. All of a sudden, Jerry Seinfeld pops on your screen. And, I mean, he's playing Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not playing anything. He's not diving deep into the drama <laughs> like some of his fellow comedians are. But I was like... I think that this is probably going to be that water cooler talk, that movie that like everybody watches over like a certain weekend when it comes out. All right. Yeah. So I was like, but who thought that pop tarts would be worthy of a movie? <laughs> hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm already in. You know what? I like pop tarts as long as they're not frosted and it's hard not to find unfrosted pop tarts now. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an unfrosted Pop they used to sell frosted and unfrosted, and now they just sell frosted. I would like to know something. Did Seinfeld steal this from Andy and me? I was going to say, he saw you as a, being a big Pop-Tart guy now. Yeah. And... <laughs> I had never had a Pop-Tart in my life, so Andy did a video of me eating a Pop-Tart. And that was How like a couple of months How did you avoid Pop-Tarts in like the 70s and Thank 80s? You. I feel like they were Thank so big. You. Let me put it this way. You got to have money to. Where am I going to get Pop Tart money? In the seventies and eighties, you had money for Pop Tarts. Well, that's true in seventies and eighties, but didn't they come out in the sixties originally? I don't know. I don't. We're going to find idea. this out in the Pop Tart story, Tom. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't bad. Well, I'm not going to watch the Pop Tarts. I got to be honest with you. You you've talked to Seinfeld and Larry David, haven't you? I have not. Neither. Oh, of you them. never have. Two of the most annoying human beings I have ever been near. I mean, oh, that's my valid. God, they're annoying. What? That's valid. That's valid. But I mean, Seinfeld was such a moment in the '90s. It, it was, was, yeah, yeah. Good show. It was a good yeah. show. Yeah. Not I because of it, him. I feel like because they didn't do too much, like diving into pop culture, that it didn't date itself too much. I mean, yeah. there's certain things, of course, technology and everything else. But I feel like the comedy kind of holds up. Where I look at Friends, where it was so of the moment and of pop culture, like some things just it just doesn't hold up as well. In my opinion, although Gen Z would tell me otherwise and say, it's the greatest show ever. Yeah, I mean, and that's the whole deal. It's generation to generation to generation. I just, like I said, I, I just, they're very impressed with themselves, and I don't usually like that. <laughs> they have a lot of money to show for that. Oh, though. they <laughs> certainly do. No <laughs> doubt about it. Look, I'm not saying they don't have any talent. It's just not my kind of deal. That, yeah, it's not your comedy. No, it's not my comedy at all. I, I thought the other people on the show were good. Uh, you know, you said you don't like Julia Louis Dreyfus. I did in that show. I did. Okay. Well, you have know, you tried to watch Veep? I know Britt for a long time was trying to get you to watch Veep. I never watched it. No. Yeah, it's a really good Veep. show. You might like it. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe I didn't like Julia Louis Dreyfus after a while because my father wasn't a billionaire. You're upset because she's like a nepo baby. <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm jealous. That's yeah, what I, mean. I know, right? <laughs> she didn't have to have that survival job. All that dry no. money was. No, she <laughs> she not. was not waiting tables like everybody else in LA. Um, <laughs> one other thing to look out for tomorrow is Groundhog's Day. Mm -hmm. ABC has sold a third of its national advertising to one company, and it is Frito Lay. And they are going to Ooh. run a series of commercials 
following Groundhog Day um, eight times. And you'll see it during just so people know where to look for it. Good Morning America, GMA3, General Hospital, Shark Tank 2020, and Jimmy Kimmel Live. Um, so the actor is going to be stuck in the same loop over and over again. But each time, his flavor of Lay's changes. That's the only thing. Okay. That's it? That's it. Because it's Groundhog yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. I, I, li- the- I like it. That's I, I love the Groundhog Day movie with Bill Murray. I think like the holiday. It's not. It's a weird holiday because it's like you know, it, it's just it seems like a very made up thing. But it's fun to see when companies I think can like put a fun spin on their advertising. And mm-hmm. this this is a exactly. fun way to do it. This is a fun way to do it because it, it's right before the Super Bowl, and I feel like people build themselves up for that. This is a little out of the ordinary. It's before that. That's good. It, I'll talk about it for sure. Yeah, this is the first time it's ever been done. They've never done anything like this. It's a one-day event. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see catch some of the commercials on Hulu, too, for people that don't have ABC and actually watch Hulu instead. Um, It's clever. I think, like, if it works, we may see other stunt type of advertising like this. And, of course, it was Jimmy Kimmel's company, and this is no surprise to me, Ryan Reynolds' maximum effort that actually produced all of these ads because maximum effort, I don't know if people are paying attention to what Ryan Reynolds is doing. He's revolutionizing the advertising industry. He is. Yep. He's amazing. And I just worked with his company on Discontinued on Fubo. And its I'll tell you, everyone that works there just has some really fascinating ideas. And they're really trying to think of ways to get people to pay attention to commercials. Because otherwise, you know, we fast forward through them or that's when we go and get the snack. This will probably make people at least pay attention to one or two of them at least. And that's a success. That's a win. You see mm-hmm. this? What is that? What? Get a hold of it. Let's up see. You, there you see that. Oh, yep. Mint Mobile, baby. Mint <laughs> Mobile. You. You know how, how is much the coverage? It's phenomenal. Because the one I had, and I won't say it was, had terrible coverage most places I went. $270 a month was my phone bill. Oof. It is now... $31 a month on Mint That's Mobile. That's amazing. They're feeding off of T-Mobile, so I always yes. worry that yep. it's like, if I went to, let's say, a concert, like an area that's very dense, does it work there? Does it work uh, like it if you go to a basketball game or something, Tom? It does, yeah, because Mint Mobile... Somebody told me that that uh, T-Mobile's gonna, gonna buy Mint. Did you know? Oh. I mean, is that... You haven't heard that yet? I mean, I know that Ryan sold it off, and he's still just the spokesperson to yes, it. Yes, right. So, um, I think T Mobile is going to T Mobile is going to absorb it, from what I understand. Which, but would then make does sense. the price go up? <laughs> well, that's the problem. I'm back at two seventy like, again. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> are you back to square one after that happens? I want to know. <laughs> no, I just, you know I got to go back a little bit because I, I was kind of negative about four or five straight people there for a second. I, it's not that I don't like anybody, but. And I should mention also that tomorrow is my daughter's birthday. So Groundhog's Day and my daughter Alex's birthday, it's a national celebration, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But no, I just, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things about a lot of different people. It, well, you just brought up people I don't happen to And I don't dislike them. It's just they're not my kind of people. That's a better way to put it, right? Right. Yes. I don't All like right. every actor out there either. It's okay. Oh, who don't you like? I want to hear. 
Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I don't enjoy Tom Cruise movies. And it has nothing to do with his personality. I don't enjoy him all that much. It's the same uh, movie over and over and over It's the same movie and over and over. It is. But Jerry Maguire, love that. Super yeah. interesting. He's great yep. in Tropic Thunder. Interesting. But I feel like he does play Tom Cruise. And for me, he's he's someone I now have a hard time distinguishing between Tom Cruise, the actor, and Tom Cruise the person in real life yeah. so i feel like they're all just kind of one in the same yeah it kind of kind of seems that way so i just didn't want to leave leave the show on that negative i didn't mean to be negative about five straight people it just it just happened that they're not my kind of it's not my kind of deal right that's okay you don't have to love everybody no you, that's not what i've heard tom mm-hmm. Everybody loves you. Why don't you love everybody? <laughs> I just made that up. That's bullshit, by the way. Never but I'm going to fight you on your John Hamm mm-hmm. dislike. So <laughs> I, it, I usually like him, but I just don't like him in this. I thought he was terrific in that uh, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. He's so good in Mad I Men. I thought he was wonderful in Mad Men, but he's just kind of boring in this. Maybe does he get better after a while? Good. He's good in the whole thing. I see. I think he's good in the whole thing. So we're already not seeing eye to eye. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to do the John Hamm from Fargo readout for Kristen Burt. Kristen Burt Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanko.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. That's kind of how he talks in Fargo, don't you think? Sexy. Come on. Oh, it's sexy. Okay. <laughs> I want my intro to be like that every morning. Oh, Kristen Burt's with us, ladies and gentlemen. And she's nearly topless. I'm she's not here. Really... I have two shirts on. <laughs> I know you do. That's why we're I ha- And I have on. a sweater, too, but it just was warm in here because... It's right. raining, and I shut the door, and the heat's... And you got to let the people see the guns, Kristen. Yes. Gun. Look at those guns. Licensed boom, to carry. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Guys, I'm up to 15-pound weights Ooh. now. Hell yeah. Are you really? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Do that again, and I'll pretend that I'm Animal from the Road Warriors. Say what you said just now. I'm up to 15-pound weights now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, young lady, we'll talk to you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I need a tan too. <laughs> well, everybody does. Light everybody does. There's no question about it. I know, but I live in California. I have no excuse. I'm allergic to the sun. Is really my excuse. Well, that's so. all you do is work, though. You work yeah. and work and work, right? Uh, I just need a spray tan. That's all it is. I can't go out in the sun. Oh, you can't. No, you get I'm allergic to it. Yeah. You're not so. allergic to the sun. I am. I actually break really? out in a rash. Oh, that's in not the good. Sun. Yeah, I get a heat rash and. It's super itchy and it stays for days. So uh, that's why I'm the kid under the umbrella at every vacation. Well, I'll tell you flat out, you notice that I'm not in Studio A because I can't be around Tevin or AJ. I mm-hmm. just break out in a rash. Yeah, we it's have same that effect on people. Yep. It's only <laughs> on people, not yeah. just me. He only comes in people. on Fridays, so that way he has all weekend to recover. He comes in one day a week. <laughs> Tough schedule, Tom. <laughs> It is a tough schedule. It's been going at it for years now, and I finally got her down to a science. What do you think? Here you are. You've mastered it. Exactly. Yeah, mastered it. All right, Pally, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you on Friday. Thank you very much. We will be back on Friday. That's going to do it for today, by the way. I received a message from Mike Bilski at 8.01 this morning. 8.03 this morning, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Way to start on time. <laughs> Always punctual. Always punctual. (laughs) All right, fellas, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The family shows up in about 15 minutes.